you find yourself wondering how in the world you're ever going to meet someone on a dating app? Do you wish that someone would give you tips on how to actually optimize your profile or what to really be looking for on a first date? Well, Demona Hoffman is the dating coach for The Drew Barrymore Show and a 17-year veteran in the love and dating space. And today, she's going to give us a ton of info on how to navigate the present love landscape. Hello, friends, future friends, haters, and ex-lovers. Welcome back to another episode of Crimes of the Heart. I'm your host, Rory Uphold. And today, we are just going to dive right in. So please welcome dating expert, relationship coach, and the author of the new book, F the Fairy Tale, Demona Hoffman. Welcome to Crimes of the Heart. Thank you for having me. It's so great to do this IRL in person. I love it. And um, I did read your book. And I'm not really a fan of dating books. And I loved your book. What? Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to start crying. Yeah. I, I think it's <laughs> really you. special. As I was reading it, I was like, oh, shit, this is like the first dating book that I think is good. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Wait, why do you not like dating books? <laughs> because I think a lot of people come at them with like, do this, do this. These mm -hmm. are the rules. Mm -hmm. And then you can find love. And it's like, well, ma'am or sir, if that were true, you wouldn't have a job. You wouldn't have been doing this for 17 years. Yeah. I wouldn't have a podcast. We would solve it. Mm -hmm. Like if, yeah, if this was right. a solvable thing that was just easily fixed with like a prescriptive list, everyone would be, be riding off into the sunset, happily married and whatever. Yeah, you definitely clued into what I was hoping to get across when I wrote the book. Well, that's great. Yeah, because as you said, it's not solvable, but I do feel like people can use a little bit more empowerment mm -hmm. to know how much is within their control and how and you know the the title of the book is f the fairy tale which everybody's like it's gonna be a cynical dating book no it's that's just capturing where people are right now yeah the subtitle is rewrite the dating myths and live your own love story yeah so the point of that the subtitle is to give people back their agency mm. and the feeling of you don't have to be at the mercy of your experience on dating apps you don't have to feel alone when you walk into a place and everybody's already on their phones. You're like, I'm trying to have IRL connections and everybody here is on the phone. They're like, swipe, 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 right. swipe. Exactly. You can have more of a feeling of empowerment. Even if you're still on your journey to meet your person, you don't have to feel helpless anymore. Well, I think this book, this interview will be a breath of fresh air because I actually think a lot of people do feel like they are at the mercy of their dating experience thus far, and also at the mercy of dating apps. Yeah, that's and, the F the fairy tale part. <laughs> and I, so I can't wait to get into it. I mean, yeah. you briefly mentioned the podcast episode with Nancy Jo Sales, where yeah. people have loved that episode, but I've also gotten feedback where they're like, I don't know what to do, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so I understand like my problem that I'm having with the apps is that they are working as were intended, but I'm now struggling or I feel defeated and I don't know where to go. Yeah, well, in full disclosure, I have worked with many of the apps. I even collaborated with OkCupid, who I've worked with as a spokesperson and got a lot of data from them. But I feel like the data is just one piece of the puzzle. The data sort of gives us a snapshot into what's happening and we can editorialize the data in different ways, which I feel like is something that you did when you had Nancy Joe Sales on. Mm -hmm. But we can also look at the data and have it be a window into what we need to do differently. And so that's why I say that this book is not a how-to book, because I, I don't love those books either. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I've read so many of them in my work and I'm like, and even in the book, I mean, you saw that I was like, we've got to step away from the rules and the game yeah. and this this gamification of dating and really get back down to the root of clarification like what do i what do i want in a mm -hmm. relationship and like you were talking to nancy about how dating apps it served a, a need that people wanted yes but now dating apps are really flooded with people that are not dating with intention are not dating with clarity are, or might not even be dating. Maybe not dating. It might just, just be swiping. For, might be swiping. Might be for entertainment. Yeah. Might not be looking for a relationship. Might not be available to a relationship. A hundred. Yes. 
So that's what I'm really passionate about doing as a dating coach is helping people really clarify what they're looking for and use that as their sort of guiding light to Mm -hmm. be able to see the warning signs to chart their path so that they're not investing so much time and energy Mm -hmm. into the wrong people at the wrong time. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so let's kind of start there. I mean, let's pretend it's me. (laughs) Lucky me. Asking for a friend. (laughs) Um, But so say I'm like, I did actually delete apps in March of this year for a myriad of reasons. But what if I was like, okay, I've taken a break. I've done some self-reflection. I think now it's time to start getting back out there. I know that you talk in your book about like taking a dating snapshot. Is that where I would start? Or would you have me start somewhere else? I would start with where you are right now. And then the snapshot is just a picture of how many dates you're going on, where... That's more like if I'm already doing it and I'm feeling sort of stuck. Yeah, but it's also like, okay, if you're coming off of a hiatus, you're starting at zero. zero. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. So then we set goals. What would say progress to you if we were sitting here talking three months from now? Like, what do you actually want? Right. And so if I say, what if I'm like, I want to be engaged three months from now? Okay. Then I might say, that's very fast. And remember, I don't know what chapter, but I talk about slow love. That may be too fast for you to really figure out if this person matches you on the four pillars that I talk about in the book of long-term compatibility. Yeah. We can. I but, just wanted but, that was a, that was a trick question. Or I mean, a trick answer because I really wanted you to say that because I do think that a lot of us have unrealistic expectations because what we want is not always aligned with what is the best. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. wanting to just exit the dating game isn't necessarily going to put you in the right direction to do that. Definitely not. You know, Definitely like not. being like I'm so desperate. Like I just I want to be there. I want to have my person or or I just don't want to do this anymore mm-hmm. can breed this idea of like, okay, I just need to like find that one person and opt out. Yeah. And you can do that. And many people do. But I'm more interested in the long game. Yeah. And I'm interested in helping my clients clarify what is the end goal and then what's next. Right. Sometimes we just we're just thinking of one or the other. Mm. And then we either get stuck in inaction because we're like, well, that seems really far away. And I don't know. I'll think about that later. And then you call Demona (laughs) when you're like, oh, I forgot. I've been married to my job and I forgot I actually want to be married to a person. And you can do that if that is your choice. But I just want people to enter it mindfully Mm. and then really clarify what you're looking for. People will say, I'll ask them, "Okay, well, what do you want? And they'll say, they'll do the list, the list myth that I talk about here. They'll say, well, he's got to be 6'2", or taller, or taller, which, by the way, I'm very short. <laughs> I'm like... I'm 5'4 and a half. Honestly, you're you're like a... Gazelle. <laughs> a, uh, yeah, a gazelle. You're like a... I was going to say goddess, but... Ooh, yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> yes. Rory's a goddess. I'm 4'11 and a half. I found out I'm shrinking. I used you're 4'11 and I a used half? I 5 feet, and I don't know where the extra inch went, but Your personality inch. reads 5'5". Five five. Thank you, girl. <laughs> I will take it. I will take it. So I don't know. Like, that was never a goal of mine. Yeah. And also, anything taller than 6'4", like, I can't even... You're in the clouds to me. So I have always question that when people mm-hmm. start doing the start height doing height math yeah 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 where they're like well then okay so i'm height he's math. Like five, it's four. like sorry if he's six one he can treat me like shit if he's six <laughs> six well he doesn't have to treat me at all right but we start to make excuses we start mm-hmm. to make the math the dating math fit and it's not adding up no so we go a level deeper and we're like Let's talk about goals why and values. Have to be, yeah, like also like yeah, what is the height thing? Is it because you're tall and you feel insecure in heels? Is it like what, what is are that? you afraid that what other people are going to say? Yeah, yeah. Is it that you actually want to feel protected and somehow mm-hmm. when you're with someone who's shorter, you don't you feel don't. protected or like that attraction is connected actually to an ex or to a story? Right. Like we're also all the products, all products of, of our stories, environment, yeah. of our stories, of our fairy tales, of mm-hmm. our rom-coms. Mm-hmm. So by the way, like so many Hollywood guys are actually like, what is Tom Cruise? Like five. Yeah. 
I think he's like the five one or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that yeah. we like whispered. Like, We're like Tom Cruise. Let's whisper this. <laughs> the uh, Scientologists are going to get us. They're right down the street. And, I mean, yes. I've dated. <laughs> yes. And yes. And also I've dated a lot of actors yeah. who are. Yeah. Short. Fun size. <laughs> Fun size. <laughs> but, you know, it's not it's not about the height. And ultimately, and especially in the long term of it all like that height does not matter as much as like you were saying how they treat you how they yeah. make you feel so yeah, i really yeah. try to get folks into that feeling of what it will be like to be in that relationship because mm -hmm. you you might not notice it you, you might not recognize it when it's on paper or when that person is sitting across from you and you're feeling all the butterflies mm -hmm. and you're starting to make concessions yeah. for this yeah. idealized vision of what you want you may not recognize that but you're going to recognize that feeling if you identify that you want to feel safe and you want to feel comfortable and you want I to feel I love heard. that because I also think if height is tied to something like safety or feeling sexy or something like that that is deeper but does make a little more sense than just, I don't know, I want it. That's also such valuable information about the like, well, where did that come from? Why? And how does that relate to other things like in my romantic life? Oh, yeah. Are you... Ding, ding, ding. You, yeah. You also hit the nail on the head in the discovery part mm -hmm. of why I wrote this book. Like, I want people to use dating as a tool of self-discovery. Yeah. Because otherwise, honestly, it will be exhausting if you're just like, all right, I'm just just trying to find the person, plug, you know, plug it in and let's go. Yeah. And you're missing that. That aspect. Yeah. The, the sort of exploration of well what happened in that last relationship or why was i attracted to that person or even just in selecting which photos you're going to use on your dating profile mm. and getting curious and so that's where we kind of come back to the dating snapshot mm -hmm. looking at how your profile is performing and who it's attracting in like yeah i've done dating profile polishes for people where like i did one on Shondaland, they did like three dating experts, polished profiles, and here's the results. And the person I worked with had a bunch of bikini shots. She was very beautiful. I think she was in her early 30s, was getting tons of messages from guys. Yeah. And they're like, polish her profile. So I asked her what she was looking for. Well, I'm looking for a relationship. Well, babe, <laughs> they're not perceiving you in that way. Right. Yeah. So we changed her profile. And she said, it's really interesting because I actually got fewer matches and messages yeah. but the quality of the messages went way up mm. and that's what i'm really after the quality of people's dating experience to change like you don't need me to help you with the quantity like you could just go out here on sunset boulevard <laughs> right and uh, you could find somebody to go home with you for sure yes but, oh that, i've said that a million times i'm like yeah. as a woman if you were just seeking validation, that's the easiest thing in the world to get. That's that's not a hard thing to do. Yeah. I used to have like a honeypot photo or like a, a trick photo. It's a photo of me where I look like hot and I'm in a shirt that says, I think it's a woman. It's like a something about sex, like breakfast of champions. Mm. So anybody that responded to that photo, I was like, all right, you're out. Like, it shows me two things. One, what you're after, and two, that you're not smart enough to know that this was a trap. <laughs> and it really yeah. did weed so many out. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. That's brilliant. Steal it. <laughs> yeah, well, and then there's the folks that do, you know, they're like finsta dating profiles where it's like, well, this is like my sexy me, mm -hmm. and this is the real me, and this is like, they like test it out. Yeah, yeah, test. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's actually yeah. brilliant. Yes. But I also believe in authenticity. I think so too. Apps, I mean, it's so. like, I think you can fudge it a little bit because the dating app part or the profile or whatever is just the kind of, it's the resume, it's the door in. Yeah. And then really the first date, the correspondence, all of that is where you're gonna shine. So even if it's like, you make yourself seem a little more sparkly or a little more suave or a little sexier or smarter, whatever it is that you're doing, with the photos and the profile, I don't care if it's within a margin of like 
you know, 20%. Oh, yeah. And as everyone. Long as, yeah. Since the dawn of dating apps time, mm-hmm. people have fudged details on their profile. People have embellished a little bit. You know, it's always the best variation of yourself that you're putting forward not me well not always not me i like to i like to set the bar a little low <laughs> just so say, that i can come in and i'm like Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. under promise and over deliver yes, yes yeah. i know and i have seen a lot of profiles where i'm like oh you didn't even try you like didn't, you didn't even yeah you didn't even do the bare minimum there's some dudes like that where i'm like right i oh man and i don't do this but i've wanted to match with guys just to be like i see the diamond in the rough let me help you <laughs> but then you know that doesn't really you don't have time for that. i don't have time for that Send it doesn't go me. over well yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm like, here's a digital business card right it's not me but it will help you right yeah, exactly exactly well and now it's interesting just to look at the ethics of how you present yourself mm. in the age of ai oh. where and you know i i had to finish writing this book like a year ago yeah and so before like, things were really kicking off but i saw the writing on the wall yeah. so i actually went in and opened the book back up and added a part about using my feeling on using ai to help you craft your dating profile mm. now rory i am pro i am pro oh, using it okay just How? for just for like i'm not saying use a chat bot to completely uh, impersonate, impersonate you. you yeah but i'm saying if you're not a great writer, which a lot of folks a are lot not, of people are not, and you want to have a magnetic profile, there's so much competition yes. out there, and people are swiping through so quickly mm-hmm. that if that helps you to, you're not like cutting and pasting somebody else's profile, but it, if it helps you to craft the words to say what you're trying to say, then yeah, for sure, then use it. Yeah. Although I'm like, Although. okay, two things. One, hook them. And two, give people something to talk about. The mm-hmm. whole reason you have prompts is to create a conversation. So I've, I think I've said this before. I would always do uh, two truths and a lie. And mm-hmm. my answers were that I wrote a song with E-40, that I saved a man's life, and that I was featured on Playboy Fully Clothed. And people would always respond trying to guess which one was the lie. And they were all true. But then that immediately like leads to a conversation because then they're like, what? Like, how is this? And all of those sound crazy yeah they are crazy but you know what i mean like everybody has three things that are wild yeah well <laughs> oh my god i need a pretty <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I need a pretty average married life no i'm kidding no no <laughs> no no i have things i certainly have things i'm not going to talk about it I, I walked away from my like fancy c-suite level job <laughs> to start a business I used to be a casting director. I've helped however many thousands of people find love. I've, uh, I mean, like, I think that you could, you of all people (laughs) have, and that's just like, that's just the professional stuff off the top of my head. Yeah, I know. That was pretty good. I was like, damn, she knows my resume, (laughs) like, right off the top. Well, everybody has that. That's what I'm saying. You know, and then it gives someone, because if I, I'm a guy that's nervous or I'm not great at this. I'm grasping at straws. I want anything to try and like break the ice with you. I say, think of it as leaving threads. You know, you're leaving threads for people to pick up and begin a conversation. But so many times people are only thinking of their profile from their own perspective. How do I look? Do I look cool? Is it sexy? Would I be appealing to someone else? (laughs) Where it's like, no, 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 just like, pretend this is you in like the digital coffee shop like you need to give someone a reason to comment on your shoes mm-hmm. or your cute dog or mm-hmm. your whatever yeah like, exactly start that conversation you know totally agree yeah and you can do that visually through your photos or you can do mm-hmm. that in what you've written and you can also do that for other people like one of the biggest complaints that i get is people will just go by and like or you know swipe whatever app you're on They'll like everybody, and then they go in and mm-hmm. start to actually look at your profile and maybe unmatch or maybe like send a hey or, you know, because it a is hey. a little bit of a numbers game. It is, yeah. But I don't love that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I want to jumpstart the conversation and get past that first, those first few messages because you can get stuck in, I call it the texting trap. You can get yeah. stuck in the texting trap. 
and you think you're in a relationship, you think you're building towards something, and then weeks later you're like, wait, I've spent, like if you've really added up all of the hours that you've spent DMing people on the apps and texting back and forth. That's why I got off them. Yeah, right, right. I was like, oh, this is just not, this no longer is economical in my life in terms of time. No, no, and it really needs a process around it to be able to manage your time do you like setting time limits oh yeah yeah i'll tell my clients like you have to check in check into the app every day but just for like give yourself 15 minutes 10 15 minutes whatever it is because one time is of the essence like i'd Mm -hmm. love to be like ah don't even worry about it go check it next week but if you've matched with all these people and then you're pushed all the way down in the feed the chances diminish of that date, of that connection actually turning into a date. Right. So we got to strike while the iron is hot. So So part of dating is also just being willing to actually get dressed and actually make it out of the house. Okay, so I want to get your take on this because Mm -hmm. I do hear that from people that are frustrated with dating apps that are signing off or taking a hiatus Mm -hmm. they're like well i just want to meet someone like the old-fashioned way i just want to meet someone irl Mm -hmm. so then i'm like okay no problem like talk in the book about all these ways that you can meet someone offline yeah and i also say very frankly these methods do take more time like the majority of my clients who have had success have met someone online myself included so you're welcome to do it the old-fashioned way. And I never think you should put all your eggs in one basket. Right. Don't only rely on the apps. But I sometimes get a little resistance to actually doing the have to get dressed and show up and like go to the mixer or hire the matchmaker and make the investment if you want somebody to curate the dates for you. Right. And that's right. a huge investment. And people that are is like, a huge investment. Well, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to do all the swiping. But then they're like, well, I'm not going to pay ten thousand dollars yeah twenty thousand dollars for for someone to do this for me it's like well you see how much time it takes like i was like dating is now a multi-billion dollar industry so unfortunately this is what it is it's hard i am pretty social and i have a wide network of people so for me to be like i'm gonna meet somebody irl is that's not a crazy statement that actually is realistic for me and I do go to enough things and part of that is also that I don't look at single life as a death sentence Mm -hmm. and I don't I don't even look at it as limbo you talk about this in your book as well but it's like I think about my single eras as being just as valid and just as awesome and just as important as the ones where I've been in relationships whether those relationships ended well or not it's all important it's all relative and i'm gonna make the best of it regardless because like i'm on a journey just we come into the world alone we leave the world alone and i'm gonna take the time to cultivate my life the best that i can no matter whether i'm partnered or not but that's like my mentality and probably why i'm sitting across from you having this conversation instead of doing something else and I spoke to somebody who DM'd me and she's a lawyer and works a lot. She's like, I don't get it. You know, like I'm I'm smart, I'm successful. I mean, she's pretty, she didn't say it, but I can see her photo. <laughs> um, you know, she's got all these things going for her and she's like, I'm meeting duds or they're ghosting. And I understand how that would be really hard. You know, if you have a job that's super demanding where you're not really meeting a ton of people, So, you know, I talk about how when I was a TV exec and I poured my energy into my work, I got a lot of validation back. And success. And success. And that felt really good. But there was always this other area of my life that felt like was missing something Mm -hmm. in dating. Mm -hmm. And I was going out with people. I was meeting tons of people like you. I was very social. I was out several nights a week, but I wasn't meeting the quality, the kind of people that I wanted to meet. Mm -hmm. And I had to put a plan around that process to create space for that person to come in at the season when I was ready for it. So as you said, I don't think that everybody should just be always looking, always dating all the time. Yeah. Because I think that does leave you in a place of lack if you're in a season when, yeah, when it's not happening. 
then you feel like, well, what what am I doing? Am I wasting my time? Mm-hmm. And you can't see the value as you just just explained of that single season being a period of self-discovery, a period of of exploring the things in your life that make you happy. Yeah. And so a lot of times I do get people who come to me being very committed to their job, getting mm-hmm. a lot of love and validation from their job and feeling a lot of frustration in their dating life, but they haven't carved out the space. They haven't created that opening. And I'm the first to admit that dating today is it does take it's time, time consuming. Fo- focus. It's time yeah. consuming. Yeah. So if you're a lawyer and you're working 60 hours a week, you just have to ask yourself, do I have the space to invite someone into my life right now? Because you have to carve it before they come. People will say, when they come in, then I'll make the space for them. No, mm. no, because you're always going to say yes when your boss calls you, you know, at eight o'clock and you've got to go back to the office or you have to do that. I don't know what lawyers do, but like, <laughs> I, I just picture, I just picture her. Typing the away, the highlighting <laughs> sections, cute <laughs> pantsuit walking. Answer the court. phone. Yeah. <laughs> your like honor. Old school. <laughs> yeah, Go yeah, your honor. Hair flip. <laughs> Sidebar. Yeah. So um, that all takes a lot of effort and energy too. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there's, a, there's an energetic pie and you just have to figure out, can I pull out a slice for this other thing that's really important to me. And I see people do it. Like I had a client once who was really into like super marathons or triathlons or another thing I know nothing about. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I don't either. And I'm going to stay away from that. Yeah. Super marathons. I guess it's like, yeah, Ironman, triathlon. No, I I know. I don't know what she'd be doing. Tough. It was a, whoa. I don't know what she'd be doing, but I do know it takes a lot of time. Like she would have to travel to a competition and and you're running for 26.2 miles. Right. So if you tell me, oh, well, I don't really have time to date or I can't carve out those 15 minutes a day. Or like I had another client that I said, just give me three hours a week. She was like, can't do it. My boss might call whatever. If you tell me you can't do that, but you're carving out the time for your friends, for the your, gym, your for triathlon, whatever, yeah, elite things. <laughs> Might be a good place to meet someone, but if you're not in that mindset, mm-hmm. if you're thinking I'm training, I'm not looking, I'm training, right? You, Which, by the way, is different. Yeah, it totally is different. Like the you can't uh, just show me, up. Part of me have, being social and being single is like I know when if I'm using the sex in the city reference, like the cab light is on or off. Like I think of it as like putting the shield down or putting the shield up. I know when it's down walking into a coffee shop. I know when it's up. You know what I mean? Like Mm. I, when I'm engaging, I'm engaging and I'm engaging with everyone. Yeah. Because I don't know who I'm going to meet that's going to introduce me to the man of my dreams, the next job opportunity, this cool thing that I just never learned about, the next podcast guest. You know what I mean? Just everything. But I think that also what you're saying, so I love the idea of trying to invest in hobbies or new skills as a way to meet people. But you also have to be open to the meeting the new people part. Sure. And And if you are training for a super marathon, you might be really focused on just getting to the finish line. (laughs) Ha ha. Pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. And not (laughs) like, not like chatting with, you know, not no. bonding, not being like, oh, yeah, I am looking for someone if, you, if there's anybody that comes to mind. Yeah, of course you're not. You're totally focused on that. And then you're going to call me and say, Help. Demona, yeah, why? Nobody ever talks to me when I'm doing my Ironman training. But we won't even have a discussion about gender roles and that whole thing. Yeah, even, <laughs> that's I'm another podcast. Touch <laughs> that. Yeah, we don't have time today, <laughs> but I don't buy into any of that. But what I do see is that if you can make the time for Mm -hmm. something else. And like, for me, it was just making the time. I had a very busy social schedule. So I would always give my friends that time and I would give it to anyone other than me Mm. and the partner that was eventually coming in. And it was frightening I was just gonna say, was that fear-based? Oh, totally. Like I was working with a coach at the time I'm like, wait, I don't even, this story's not even in the book. But this, a secret deep cut story. <laughs> An exclusive. Story. Exclusive. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Only on Crimes of the Heart. <laughs> I was working with a coach during my online dating journey. Mm-hmm. And my coach wanted me to create that space for myself. And she was like, I need you to spend three consecutive hours 
alone, alone, not with another person, because I would always just like dump whatever plans I had and run to the next thing. Yeah. And like somebody calls and like, oh, you want to come over? Yeah, I'll, I'll come and just like sit in your house and mm. waste time. If it meant not being alone, I was terrified of that alone time. And she really pushed me out of my comfort zone and forced me to be okay going alone, going out alone. Like I used to see people eating at restaurants by themselves. You're and like, I'd that's be like, so sad. Yeah, that's so sad. And then and you became that person. Now I'm like, God, I love it. I crave that time. I also have two children, but you know. Yeah, okay. But the more I practice that, you know, and I'm talking, this is like 20 years ago when I was practicing that solo time. The more I practiced it, the more I craved it. Mm. And the more I felt like I knew myself before I be, you know, could get into a relationship and then end up doing whatever they liked to do or letting them lead, I could really know, what do I want? Yeah. What makes me tick? What gets me excited? And that was such a valuable period of self-study mm. that I feel like if I hadn't done it, I wouldn't have really been ready for the relationship. So starting kind of at the beginning. Okay, now, now we're now, <laughs> no, we're, now we're jumping in. Okay, no, but do you think that that, so, because like one of the things that I'm like, okay, yes, I love this. You had a plan. Like, let's come up with a plan for listeners. But also you outline these like myths and then you have these pillars, which I feel like are part of the plan and also talk about or go into what you're saying about self-discovery. Like part of the plan is looking at the myths seeing where you align or don't align investigating and then kind of coming up with a plan of attack with the pillars right yeah you're exactly right okay and i broke up the book into the four sections of dating really like the myths that i see time and time again yeah and they impact the different phases of dating which are so the mindset the search the date the future Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people will tell me, like, if I say, where do you feel like you're getting stuck? They'll say, oh, it's just, it's all in the search. I'm just not meeting the right people. Sure. It's because <laughs> they didn't do the mindset part. Right. So we have to go, we have Back. to always start at the mindset. And even if you've gone through a relationship and it ended... You don't start back at the search. You start back at the mindset. I mean, not unless you want to get your ass handed to you. Right. And repeat I've done the, that. Same, the same of cycle that you of were course. in before. Which you're welcome to do. I mean, but if you've watched <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise, I'm just saying, you can't really hop from one to the other without expecting it to blow up in your face. Oh my God, yes, so true. So true. So we start back at the mindset. And the other area that I actually see people really struggling with is the future. Mm. Is getting past, like, I can redo your profile and we can get you on a lot of dates. I think that's my problem, the future. Mm. Tell me more. Well... I, I think the older that I've gotten, the more pressure it feels like on finding that like right person. The reality is there are right people, right? Mm -hmm. And also the other reality is it's not so much about the right person as it is about finding somebody that's willing to work with you and grow with you and evolve, right? As opposed, mm -hmm. so it's like kind of some of your myths wrapped into one. But I think... I grew up with a mom and dad that are still together. They still love each other so, 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 so much. Mm. And so I had that real fairy tale relationship as my love model. And I feel a lot of pressure to also have that. But their story is wild. You know, my mom was going through a divorce. My dad found out that she was single. My dad asked her out and two months later they were engaged. My mom was still going through the divorce and they've been married ever since. Wow. You know, like it is a, that is going to be a hard thing to replicate. And not that I should, but I think that that's like how we're patterned. And I also noticed that the things that I think of as being like attractive or masculine in my mind also go back to my dad in not the creepy way, but somebody that handles things somebody that is driven and successful, but also when I say successful, I mean, yes, like monetarily successful, but I also mean just can change a tire, can kill a bug, can <laughs> hold me if I'm crying, gives great advice, seems to have the answer for everything. Cause that was, that was my father figure. And so when I think about the future, there's nothing scarier to me than having kids with the wrong person. Oh yeah. Cause I've seen that. I've seen my friends do that and I'm like, ooh. 
Ooh, that um, is, that's tragic. Totally. And as a parent, you've lived it, I not in the, that. but yeah. And I was very deliberate about choosing a man who did not have any sort of ideas about traditional gender roles and how it was supposed to go. Cause I was like, which is fortunate. I'm going to yeah. be doing or deliberate, it's fortunate, but it was very, yeah. it was very deliberate. And there are many women who passed on him because maybe he wasn't, you know, masculine enough. He can't change a tire. We actually had a big fight about it one one year when I was pregnant and we got a flat tire oh and I was God. like, just call AAA. I don't I don't care. I just need the tire changed. Right. And so that's the other thing. It's like, okay, what you've told me is you want to feel supported. You want mm -hmm. to feel taken care of. That's really important to you. You yeah. would probably place that above maybe some of the things that I mentioned of like, I wanted somebody that was going to be able to be a home yeah, yeah. Caretaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the children that I didn't yet have, but now but do. But new, yeah. I was very deliberate about choosing, but also about building the relationship to get to that point, too. Correct. So we all, we're making decisions all, all the, time, the time, right? Yeah. So we have to sort of prioritize, well, how do I want to feel in that relationship? And you might find maybe one of those things isn't actually that important. Like maybe they can kill a bug, but they can't change a tire. Right. Or, you know, can't change a tire, but I think you hit the nail on the head. I want to feel taken care of. So if that is a person where if they can't do that, they know how to outsource it. Mm -hmm. Even if that's like with my emotional well-being, like, like if I'm crying and it freaks them out, they know to call my best friend or whatever yeah. it is, like something like that. I think that that makes a lot of sense. I think the hard part is knowing some of these things and not fully understanding how to see that. Mm -hmm. You know, like that does feel like the gamble or the risk because yeah. people, we reveal ourselves slowly over time. Your book also touches on this. It's like, you don't really know someone until things are challenged. Right. And that's where the pillar of the future is trust. Yeah. So that takes the longest to build and it's the hardest to repair once it's broken. Mm -hmm. And it's so important for the future of a relationship because if you have trust, then you know you have conflict, they're not just gonna walk away, you're gonna be able to work through it. Yeah. So all of the pieces sort of build together, but it does start with that mindset phase of really doing away with, with these myths and replacing them and building these blocks together. So the first one is common goals for the future. Sounds simple. It sounds simple. Yeah, but you're the first person I've heard say it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's out there. No, it's, it's out, out there. there, but like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not hearing the TikTok gurus or the girlies being like, hey, <laughs> like maybe you should be looking for this. Okay, I got to make a video on this then. I think you should. I got to get up on this because, TikTok game. <laughs> yes, it's obvious, but it's not the first thing I'm thinking about going into my second or third date. No, it's and not it top really of mind. should be. And it know? should be. That's why we find ourselves in situations where three months, six months down the line, we're like, hmm. oh, I actually really want a relationship. I, I just had a client that reached out to me. She met somebody on a dating app. I'm mm -hmm. not gonna say which one, <laughs> but I'll just say it was like a casual dating app. And noted. <laughs> they, yeah, they matched. They went out hot and heavy from the beginning, told her to space it out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's hard to do what you know you should do when you're catching feelings. And you're feeling that momentum. And, you know, I talk in the book about all the... Especially if it's reciprocated in the same way. Like, yeah. especially if, like, I want to dive in and you want to dive in. Yeah. It's really hard to be like, I think actually the best thing is to pump the brakes. Right. And especially once you've crossed certain lines. Like, you yeah. know, I say once you've had sex, like, you can't... You can't rewind the clock and be like, okay, now we're just gonna. Now I need you to prove things to me. Yeah, let's just back up. Yeah. No, you've already you You've already done it. did it. So, so it started really fast, and none of these things were clarified about the goals for the future, mm. the values. That's the next pillar. Mm -hmm. There was so much left unsaid because 
the chemistry myth sort of took over and the momentum of what was happening took over. Now she finds herself here five and a half months into the relationship and she's just like, I just want commitment. And I was like, what does commitment mean to you? Like literally just calling me his girlfriend. That's it? He can't give you that after five and a half months? And he's like, I need time. I just wasn't expecting this relationship. And I'm like... My like left eye's twitching. I know. I know. You got to cut and run, babe. Sorry. <laughs> Not my client. Yours. No. I mean, I, de- I definitely was <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, well, girl, get out of here. And what have we learned here? Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sort of like <laughs> yeah, wrapping it, like closing the book. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'll put a Band-Aid on that knee and then yeah. we're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I need goals to come first. Because if you had clarified in the beginning that you weren't sure about a committed relationship. Well, he did say that. But my client did feel that she wanted a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. We get afraid. We get afraid to say it or to act on it because we're like, I don't want to ruin the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to ruin the moment. We're getting along. This is fun for me. And maybe they'll change their mind. Yeah. Maybe I can. I can turn them around. I mean, how many how many times have we tried to fix a man, Rory? <laughs> like, oh, like I've been paid for it. <laughs> Let me tell you this. I'd be retired by now. Right? It's yeah. like it's like a challenge sometimes and we think, well, I'll be the exception. I see all their relationship history and you know, whatever. No. They've I hear what they've said to me, but you know what? It's going to be different with me. I did or, that so or many our times. Our chemistry is just so insane. Like or right. you think this is a once in a lifetime, you know, moment, vibe, whatever. They must feel the same way. How could they not? And it's like, well, I don't know, because they don't. Yeah, totally. I mean, I had even a client years and years ago who told me things were going so great that she was going to move in with her partner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, great. Have you asked? I have, you know, these questions that you're supposed to ask before moving in. She was just like, oh, no, well, we're just, it's just going really well. And he wants to move in. Turns out it was going so well that his lease was ending and he really wanted to save on rent. And she's thinking this is a step towards marriage. This means he's making a commitment. He's thinking, I'm going to get a deal, babe. I'm going to get a deal. I won't have to drive across town to her apartment anymore. Like this will be this will be a lot easier and more convenient. So they had just two completely different ideas about what this one action meant and were afraid to ask the question because we don't want the answer. But what I really want to inspire people to do is to go after clarity. Instead yeah. of wanting to be liked by every everybody and wanting to have that volume of messages in your DMs and you know dating app matches, really go for that quality over yeah. quantity and really go for discovery, go for clarity. Because even if that person is like, your goals are not aligned with mine. That's information that you really need. Right. You need that clarity. And that may save you five and a half months down the road. What do you think about people who put that on their profiles? Like looking for something serious. It's a nice idea. I know. But I'm like, I don't think it's... Talk is cheap, honey. Exactly. <laughs> if we could all drill that into our heads. Yeah. I don't think it necessarily means anything. Yeah. And I think that real estate is really valuable. If it meant something, then sure, use it to paint a picture of that. Mm-hmm. But just making a statement, it's the same as like, I'm just as comfortable in a pair of sweats as I am in a pair of heels. Mm-hmm. Like, Yowzers. no, okay. Yeah. Like, like, we all are. But like, just pick a side of the street. Yeah. Like, just be clear. And if you want a relationship, try to paint a picture of what you're looking for and try to be brave about sharing that when you're meeting the person because that's the thing like we might put in our profile and then we get to the date and don't want to say anything or ruffle feathers yeah and then we go home with them and we have sex and then we're like well now oh. maybe i should say something yeah. or yeah yeah oh well now we're married because yeah. we had sex yeah <laughs> what about uh mentioning that you want kids when do you do that I have changed my perspective on this Hmm. a few times over the years. I think you want to say it early on. Maybe not on the first date, but if somebody asks you on the first date, I would be honest. Yeah. I used to think that that was a little bit, a little bit cart before the horse. Like, let's figure out what the relationship is before we start talking about creating new members of our family. 
But I do think it's really important, and especially in the current dating landscape, there is a lot of variety. Yeah. I love that we have so much choice. We have so many options. You can choose if you want to have kids. You can choose if you want to get married or not. You can choose if you want monogamy or not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's so much variety. gay, straight. It's just, just all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the choice. I think that makes this one of the best times ever in history, even to be able to choose to be single. Mm -hmm. Because not that long ago, you know, that was... Not an option. Yeah, it was deeply ingrained in our society. Like, well, you you better find somebody quick so that you can have somebody to take care of you and like... Yeah, I mean, like less than 60 years ago, you couldn't have a credit card without your husband. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yes, a lot has changed in a short period relative to the United States, like time period in terms of, well, I'm speaking on behalf of women, but but that also applies to people who are gay. Like, yes, a lot has changed. So on the one hand, it might seem like a really bleak time to date, which is, I hear that a lot, but I do think you're right. There's also a lot of opportunity. Yeah, I think we have very short memories. (laughs) Well, some of us weren't alive then, but yes, yes. Yeah, you know. but it's funny how we're unwilling to even study the past. We could get in a whole conversation about that. <laughs> we don't even know our history. We don't right. know that it right. was that, that long. Like, I wasn't alive when, when Roe v. Wade was passed. I grew up, now we're having the conversation. Here we are. Here we go. You know, <laughs> I grew up with always having choice. Same, yeah. That was what it was. And that is not the reality for, for people so right now. many yeah. women today. Women and it affects everybody. It, aff- it affects that's everybody. The, that's the greatest myth is that it's just a women's issue. Right. I know. It's I'll do that for the sequel. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Yes, I know. Yeah. So I do say that feminism is one of the biggest factors that have impacted dating today. For sure. Feminism and technology and travel. Those are the three factors that really... I feel like capture the moment that we're in right now. And I just want to use all of our knowledge around this to empower people. Because I think even if we keep repeating that it's it's bleak, it's frustrating, it's, you know, we're in burnout, we're overwhelmed. I think the more that we lean into that, the more that will be our reality. Mm. And if we can just take back some of our power, whether you choose to date on apps or not, just how can we show up fully to the experience that we're in and with clarity about where we're headed. And also, I mean, okay, so I'm looking at these myths, which go kind of with, again, making the plan and getting your mind set right. It's like examining the soulmate myth, examining the chemistry myth, examining the list myth, and examining the The rules rules myth. Mm -hmm. And I've done this also chronologically. So you know, we have to begin with the list myth. Most people come to me with a list this long. Yeah. And I'm like, let's get underneath he's gotta be what tall. some of those he's things gotta are. He's got to be this. He's got to be rich. He's got to be yeah. well-traveled. Or he's, you know, got to love dogs. Or, we, you know, we have yeah. to have the best sex out of the gate. And mm-hmm. he has to speak Japanese fluently. And <laughs> I don't know. Right. And I, I mean, I had things on my list that mm-hmm. now I'm like, that is absolutely ridiculous. Like I said... Okay, another, this is another exclusive. Mm-hmm. Where's the, the sound effect? <laughs> I said, I need to date a guy with nice teeth. <laughs> I'm like, literally, I can't stop myself from laughing. I'm obsessed. Must have great teeth. Was this before braces? No, this is no, this is not before braces. But I was just like, I don't know. Teeth is important. I don't, I truly don't even teeth. know. Hey, thank you. Mm-hmm. And some of that's just gen- genetics. I didn't have to wear braces, but... I don't even know really what that signified to me. Interesting. Teeth, like hygiene, self-care. So did that I'm get sure. thrown off the list? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because I met my husband, who's a wonderful person, very handsome. But fucked up teeth? But he had his front tooth knocked out three times when he was a kid. And so he had like a... Falsy. A falsy that really needed to have an adjustment when I met him. And you know what, Rory? I was able to look past the tooth 
And we now have cosmetic dentistry. And two kids. And he was able to get it fixed. And yeah, he's got a great tooth now. He paid for it. It's his. (laughs) And two beautiful children with average teeth. (laughs) My God. But, you know, that was one of those things. It literally was on my list. Or I also said, like, must do yoga because I do a lot of yoga. What? Why? Mm. And it's not that he needs to do yoga. It's that he needs to understand that yoga is important to me. Right. And create the space for me to be able to still invest in the things that make me happy. Because that's the other thing that we see a lot of times in relationships is we forget all those things that we brought in. Right. In that single era. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We did all that work in the single era. And then it just gets dropped. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay, sure. I'll go join your fantasy football league. Oh, my God. Yeah. No interest. I have no interest. (laughs) So you suggest the narrowing it down to three right three must-haves three must-haves and a deal breaker deal breaker and i do this not because only three things are important however i do see from the research that we actually only need one or two similar activities Hmm. activities in common to have compatibility with somebody that is like people say to me the yoga thing Mm -hmm. or well i i play tennis and they have to they have to also play tennis well, what's going to happen when you blow out your knee? It literally just happened to a friend of mine last mm. week. She's a personal trainer. She's super active. Got her husband into personal training and everything. Blew out her freaking knee. Is in a knee brace now. So, you know, what's going to happen when you have an injury? Right. And suddenly you can't do that anymore. You don't want to do that anymore. Are you going to have anything else in common? You only actually need a couple of common interests that you can do together. And everything else is really about those goals for the future, and then the values. That's the second pillar. Yeah. And the values I see really going hand in hand with the rules myth and how we tell ourselves, well, if I do X, then they'll do Y. Or if I follow the the rules or the game or whatever, this mm-hmm. TikTok mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Hack, like, yeah. hack your dating life. If I follow this, then love will happen. And obviously, you've, as we yeah. began this interview, you've experienced that's not true. That's not true. There's, there is no if being in your divine feminine. Please, I can't. <laughs> I just, I just cannot. Oh my God. And Siri cannot either. That's so weird. She was she like, was, nah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. But if being in your divine feminine was the, the unlock for love, <laughs> bitch, I would have been there. <laughs> but you know? it's also it's like may it may be the unlock for love for certain people. for some people yeah it definitely wasn't it for me because i'm just not gonna get i'm just this is how i'm gonna be i can't spend that long like i can't overthink things mm-hmm. if i spend my whole life trying to get a man mm-hmm. <laughs> a man <laughs> to love me no no it's a wrap i'd rather just not no and you you shouldn't I don't spend that on any... The only person I'm trying to get to love me is me. Thank you. Like, truly, truly. Like, that's the only energy I'm putting out there. Like, I don't do that with my friends. And I want more people to also lean into that because that's really the answer. Yeah. So we go inside, we start with the mindset, and we really go inside. And the pillar that goes along with that second, with the rules myth, the fix for that is clarifying your values. Yeah. The values pillar, like, if you know really who you are, how you look at the world, how you live your life, what you believe to be true, that will guide so many of your choices from that point forward. And that is the thing that will make you feel like, oh, this person gets me. Yeah. This person sees me. And now we have the plan of the goals, but we also have the values. So we have the tools to be able to build this relationship together. Right. And then we come to the date portion, and that's where the chemistry myth starts cropping up. And people think, well, I just didn't feel a spark on the first date. Or like, you know. I, I used to be that. I, I used to be that girl. Oh, yeah. Like if I if our sex like wasn't great out of the gate, I was like, well, that's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what have you learned, Rory? Well, I got back together with a guy that I dated who was really boring when we first dated. So hot. Boring and bad? No. Just he boring. plays in the LA Phil. 
Oh. And he listens to this podcast. So, hi. Actually, um, that sounds very hot. So, so hot. I saw him playing on stage. I was like, I'm going to date that man. And I just found him and sent him a message. And then we did start dating. <laughs> you were like an L.A. Phil groupie, like I hanging out like, by the I was like, <laughs> stage door. Yeah, I'm definitely going to make out with him. <laughs> and that happened. And then we dated for a while. It was bad timing, but I didn't know that. He was like getting out of divorce. Oh. There were just things that I didn't really understand. Yeah. And the sex was so boring. So boring. It was like, I was like, what the if? I don't know if I ever came. But anyway, (laughs) then he was up for a very big job. So he was like, maybe going to leave Los Angeles. And we caught up. And then we ended up, I just thought we were just like catching up as friends. And then we made out and then we hooked up. And the sex was insane. Wow. Insane. top three best of my life and i obviously then went immediately into investigation mode where i was like what is happening here and we talked about it and he was like well i kind of always got the sense that you weren't that into it i was like my guy you were correct he was like yeah i just felt like you were maybe didn't want to be there so much and i think he was also like but i feel like i wasn't really available either because i was going through all of this stuff that i had kind of diminished and glazed over for you because we were just starting Mm. So there were walls up and we weren't connecting in the in the same way. And so then we couldn't be vulnerable. And anyway, the point is, is that it grew and was way, 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 way better. And that totally changed my perspective on it. And then same with another guy. And that was mostly just he was like, <laughs> when I asked him what changed, he was, oh, I, I just listened ah. when you told me what you were into. And it finally connected. And then it was like, oh, great. You actually without even realizing it, you then took us into the pillar (laughs) that goes along with the chemistry myth. It's actually communication. Yeah. And communication can impact your sexual experience. Mm -hmm. It can impact so many things, being able to resolve conflict and just being able to hear one another, to listen to one another, and to be able to really share space, whether it's between the sheets or or not yeah or not yeah so i love that you said that too and that it changed because i often i often get people who listen to yeah who listen to dates and mates and write in and say well i didn't feel chemistry on the first few times we had sex and so i don't think it's gonna work or the sex is so bad and i'm like i think most people sex dating is a learned skill Mm -hmm. and sex is a learned skill they're verbs yeah. Right. So it's like they're meant to evolve. And like a verb is an action. It's not just a one thing planted in the ground. Like it's moving, it's breathing. And I think it's a collaborative thing. And I just at one point thought like you either kind of fit or you don't. You hit it out of the park or you don't. It's like that is actually not true. Mm-hmm. That's not true. And the more that you talk about it like first off kinks change eroticism changes the seasons of your life change so it is going to be like a very evolving thing but it took me a minute to realize that yeah and if you're going to be in a relationship for a long time you're going to have to be a little bit creative and Mm -hmm. you're going to have to be open to exploring new things or it will get boring yeah my husband loves telling me about all the things that i said no to like 15 20 years ago he's like i remember when you said used to say no i hate that you i won't do that and i was like i did oh i, don't I know. love that i'm telling you the pandemic is just kind of like well you were like yolo let's just do it let's just let's try it let's try it we're locked in everything here. tastes the well. same with the lights <laughs> off i mean <laughs> so right so right it's just but it's like having that growth mindset mm-hmm. around relationships around sex and like if you haven't communicated to that person or demonstrated or tried different techniques i just never think that a couple of bad sexual experiences with someone is a reason to just kick Let them it to go. the side especially yeah. If you have the other pillars, if you feel like, oh, okay, we have the same goals and we have the same values. And I feel like they're attractive. I'll hear that a lot, too. Like, Mm. they're attractive to me, but the sex is not good. All right, then you can work on that. They're, yeah, for they're sure. They're teachable. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, a hundred. Yeah, but people don't do that. Well, 
I can point you in the direction of so many people. I know. Lori knows everybody. Lori knows where to I feel like we could talk forever. Totally. I hope that people listening got a taste of what your book really like goes into very specific detail outlines. I feel like I really normally don't push people's books this hard. I actually think this is a book worth buying, especially like if you're like me where you've been on a hiatus or if you're in the slog of it, if you just need a refresh, I think it's it's laid out well, thoughtfully. It gives you clear, actionable things to do. I think that it is positive. It is uplifting and you will feel hopeful and hopefully ready to go back into this search for love with like a more optimistic, but also solidified plan. Mm. That is my hope. That is my greatest wish for this. I want to get those those DMs and messages from people that are like, it this worked. flipped my perspective yes. and it worked. But more importantly, I just, I want everyone to feel that sense of empowerment and that sense of hope I love from that. reading this. So yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Yes. Um, where do people find you? They can find me on Instagram, Twitter. No, well, X. What what do we say now? <laughs> Facebook and TikTok at Demona Hoffman. I do the Dates and Mates podcast, which we had a fabulous episode. And then there's, of course, F the Fairy Tale. Yeah, I will link the book in the show notes so Thank that you. people can go get it. Thank you so much for doing this. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs>